0: Chapter 2 In and Out of Meetings. He had dreamed about Olivia again. They were in the same strange labyrinth made from scenes and memories that shifted every time he drew close to her, separated by missing bridges and perpetual stairways. And he'd had that same feeling of enchantment, as though he was about to remember something that he knew would transform him entirely. But it never happened. Orsino opened his eyes slowly, just a little. His nose felt tender, ears hot and compressed. There were five or six tiles, a hand's breadth square, "'floating in front of him, patiently, just within arm's reach. "'Some held images of faces. Some had icons. "'One showed a conference room filled with people sitting in a meeting, "'with a red border around it, pulsing a little. "'Valentine, what time is it?' he exclaimed. "'A voice answered. "'Your meeting has been in progress for twenty-two minutes, sir.' "'Ah!' he said disentangling his limbs from the heap he'd been on his sofa. He straightened the visor on his head, but the image of his room with the tiles remained perfectly still. He still wasn't sure about that feature. It made him a little queasy sometimes, disorienting for sure, like there was a hole into another reality inside the visor. And one of his patents, and a profitable one at that! Many of the things that made him rich also made him a little queasy. The tiles floated over his broad glass coffee table in the silvery morning light. Outside, watery sunrise highlighted the top of cold and silent Queen Anne Hill in the distance beyond his balcony. He scooted himself back into the deep cushions, sat upright, and pointed at the tile featuring the conference. It grew larger, and text appeared. Singleria Board of Directors Weekly Meeting, in progress. He held his finger steady, and the tile grew larger and larger, expanding until he was immersed in a virtual boardroom. His business avatar was already sitting at the table, all calm and handsome, with terrific and slightly dominating posture. Wearing an impeccably tailored suit from Savile Row Digital. A tour de force of texture and fabric physics. Just sitting there looking cool. Winking at anyone who asked him a question. Or maybe raising a finger. No, no, let's not discuss that now. Three of the attendees looked like they were probably real. In the real room, that is, in San Francisco. They were all looking at his avatar. Back on his sofa... Orsino quickly brought his fingertips together, tapped them together lightly twice to take control of his avatar, and double-pinched his thumb and finger to unmute. Sorry I'm late, people. Looks as though you're doing fine, though. Please continue, he said with a magnanimous wave. The room's attention slowly turned away from him and back to the head of the table. Johnson was up there, looking defiant, but his hands were all clenched up. Edward seemed to be hassling him about something, as usual. Orsino leaned back casually from the table and brought his fingertips together again, surveying the room, then tapped to release control. He tipped over slowly on the sofa, and from his reclined position raised a hand and muted himself, sighed, then made fists with both hands around his ears, and made a little pop, gesture upwards like he was lifting his head off, detaching his POV from his avatar. "'Valentine, why didn't you wake me up?' came his voice from the sofa. Valentine started to answer, but Orsino interrupted. "'Never mind, not important.' The details of the boardroom and depth of dimension were enhanced by a multitude of cameras on location. There were even cameras dedicated to the view outside the massive panes of glass, some of the other attendees seemed stiff. A few must have been running those old lifelike avatars with awful wooden smiles and a limited range of awkward positions randomly changing too often. Not the best effect. He looked back at his own seated simulated image, idling as the distant voices in the meeting continued. Really good-looking, he thought, and accurate, too. Whoa! Whoa! He just gave Edward a tough look. That's great! He sighed again. But was tough how he wanted to present to Olivia? He looked at himself a little more critically. He'd been using this avatar since before she came to ask him to be on her board. But surely he'd meet with her virtually soon. Only a matter of time. Just thinking about her, being in her presence made him inhale deeply. Would she think his avatar just a little too rugged? Look at that jawline, he mused. That's pretty intimidating. Maybe he'd find some time to look at his avatar's settings, optimize things, just in case. Dial back some of the ruthless boardroom power. Maybe present a little more thoughtful. Add a distant sparkle effect in the eyes to suggest depth and compassion. Orsino perked up. Someone had just said his name. He had no idea what was happening in the room. What was wrong with him? He palmed the audio up and pulled his head back on from the sofa. His point of view drifted back towards the shoulders of his avatar. The conversation still seemed to be flowing. Wow. He sure wouldn't want to be caught napping in front of... Wait, where's Olivia? Thought Orsino. Her seat was empty. How did he miss that? Show yourself, Spirit he said to his assistant, and Valentine's avatar appeared beside him. Valentine? Where's Olivia? Valentine's voice was clear and just behind him. She's definitely not in the meeting, is she? I don't pay you to validate me, Valentine. No, of course not, sir. You don't pay me at all, sir. But I've certainly paid plenty for you, you glorified calendar app. Do you know where she is? I'll endeavor to find out, sir replied Valentine. Orsino closed his eyes, palmed down the audio again, and there she was, Olivia, standing at his reception desk. He remembered every inch of her, it seemed so long ago. And what was that magic that had surrounded them in his office once the doors had closed behind them? She seemed to radiate loneliness, like a blue mist, maybe? It wasn't quite right, but romantic words weren't really his strong suit. A blue mist of sadness. For good reason, too, he thought. Her father, face down in an ICU, then gone. Alone with her brother for only a few months, then he was gone too. Completely alone at the helm of a potent technology dynasty. She needed him. "'I can't do this without you,' she had said to him, something really close to that. He believed her. Her pitch had been compelling. "'My father and brother dedicated their lives, our fortune, to building the virtual employees of the future. We were so close. All I have left of them is this project, but I need a brilliant board of directors to succeed.' Orsino had leaned back, slowly, powerfully, and eyed her wisely. And what exactly is the nature of this project? She held herself stoically, but overflowing with sadness, as if she feared darkness might overwhelm her before their meeting was over. And he could feel her reaching out to him from the abyss of her grief. Help me, I am alone. We've been developing our prototype privately for over a decade now. Our proposed company intends to fashion it into a market-ready human resources director. She looked down. What was that thought that had flashed across her face? A flicker of doubt? And then she had looked directly into his eyes. Eternity in an instant. Orsino moved closer, a millimeter, and then he paused "'You aren't certain it's a good idea, are you?' he asked. "'She turned away, just a degree, and inhaled slowly to calm herself. "'A lock of hair probably fell in front of her face at that moment, too. "'He seemed to remember that now. "'Slow-motion hair. "'Incredible. "'I'm very certain it will be,' she had paused, "'effective.' "'Go ahead, I'm listening,' he said. "'It's just that I am concerned,' she paused. "'If you're concerned, well, then, so am I.' She looked at him with obvious gratitude. "'The prototype may not handle human social situations very well. "'I'm concerned we will create something, um, overzealous, "'and without the right leadership,' "'Possibly even inhumane. "'All my family's work, but none of their soul.' "'Orsino nodded, sat upright, and flashed his most cheerful smile. "'How can I help make sure that doesn't happen?' "'Her eyes opened wide and searched into his, "'and the impact of her attention made his heart reel. "'She's at home, sir.' Orsino was startled for a moment. What? Whoa! Easy! Valentine! He blinked. I'm sorry, sir. At home? He mused. So, she's now missed how many of her own meetings? Any ideas why? He hesitated. She's not avoiding me, is she? That would be unprofessional. Not to mention really sad. I can work on some theories while you attend to the meeting, sir. Fine, fine. He palmed the audio volume back up. The room was silent. Orsino struggled upright on the sofa, quickly brought his fingertips together again and tapped himself back into the meeting, but remained motionless. A moment passed. Johnson was looking directly at him, then turned back to Edward. Well, sir, I'm sure Orsino would agree we're in fine shape as far as the business logic goes, thanks to, uh, business logic. And... "'We are in a very comfortable place with achieving a lifelike Avatar. "'But yes, sir, we will be late "'if we are to complete the original plan for human feedback training.' "'Wait, did you say late?' gasped Orsino. "'Yes, sir,' replied Johnson patiently. "'Orsino was certain there was more behind Johnson's response "'than his Avatar's passive gaze conveyed. "'Edward turned to Orsino and glared at him. "'Where have you been?' Orsino ignored him and cranked up a hard stare at Johnson. Who's supposed to be running this training? Feste, sir. Our natural language specialist. Orsino kept a stern gaze on him and was about to ask a lot of questions, but Johnson continued. Except! He trailed off. Orsino leaned further out over the table to get a clear line of sight. Except? We're not sure where he is. "'said Johnson faintly. "'He's missing? "'Well, Johnson, isn't there someone else we can bring in to do it faster?' "'Johnson seemed to straighten up even more. "'Much as I like the idea in principle, "'we don't have enough time to brief someone new on the considerable task. "'Even if we could find someone more qualified,' "'he seemed to contain himself briefly, "'which, lamentably, is unlikely. "'Do I need to talk to him? What's his name?' Orsino was fuming. Johnson's avatar smiled briefly. Festy? If you could find him, you could ask him to present a status report to us. Then he sighed. Although, that would probably distract him from his overdue tasks. What's all this he's supposed to be doing now, anyways? asked Edward with impatience. Johnson turned to him. He's responsible for language and dialogue modeling, humanity modeling, psychological complexity modeling, and stress testing. Stress testing? Edward was skeptical. Does he hurt its feelings? He threw a look back at Orsino slyly. Orsino pitched him a wink back. Johnson clarified. He challenges its linguistic competence, coaches it to be more resilient when faced with ambiguity, and improves its social skills, which are currently problematic, apparently, though there are differing opinions. What do you mean by that? Orsino probed. Well, sir, said Johnson carefully, sounding hesitant to elaborate in front of the board, the prototype apparently just isn't nice enough. Definitely an avatar, thought Orsino. The face... Didn't do justice to the sarcasm that dripped from Johnson's voice. Some believe it's capable of getting us into potential lawsuit territory. How's that? probed Edward, suddenly interested again. Orsino turned back to Edward. Think about it, Ed. If this thing insults someone in the workplace, or worse, says something that could be construed as harassment, Johnson attempted to clarify, we think it's misreading cues from human interactions. Sometimes it says awkward things that can be taken the wrong way. The rest of the room was impatient. Johnson had mentioned significant delays, an unpleasant phrase, maybe even preventing the big reveal at the winter holiday party, all those drinks going into people with nothing to celebrate, concentrated alcohol, diluted shares. Edward cleared his throat. Johnson, this language thing doesn't sound important. Lawsuits may be okay, but how about you just come back next meeting with how that isn't going to happen? He folded his arms and waited. Orsino knew Edward wouldn't care much about the prototype being nice. It was supposed to be an HR director cracking a whip on the employees. Johnson muttered something hard to hear, then looked at the whiteboard where a new action item appeared. Apparently, he'd agreed to Edward's request. Edward raised his hands broadly. Thank you. So, then, our prototype is largely on schedule. Business logic has made significant progress. It looks real, yes? No one said anything, so Edward plowed on. Terrific. Johnson's team just has to make sure it's getting more sociable. Next topic. Johnson left the head of the table to sit back down. The moment Orsino heard someone talking about investment rounds, he leaned back, tapped his fingers together again, pinched mute, and pushed the visor up onto his forehead. Sheesh! Everything Olivia was worried about and no one to fix it! He groaned and struggled up to his feet, rubbed his eyes, and turned toward the kitchen island behind him. Above the sink rose an enormous display of a painting from Digital Art Milan. "'Oh, what's that? Valentine?' he asked, pointing at the display. "'I thought something seasonally appropriate was called for, sir. It's Correggio's nativity.' The room speakers made it sound as though Valentine were standing nearby. "'It's grim. Where's all the red and green, the snow and holly? It's not cheerful at all.' He squinted at it. "'How about change it to a photo of Olivia from wherever?' Recolor it, red and green. The display shimmered dark. A soft matte surface like raw silk appeared. And then her face blossomed in the light before him. He stared deeply at her eyes. His heart began to beat faster. It was too much. No, he said abruptly. Go back to the other one. But he did not look away as she shimmered, faded and the nativity scene returned. Orsino released his breath, then turned away to look around his suite. The living room and kitchen were surrounded with floor-to-ceiling glass that let in cascades of gray light. Maybe some breakfast. He paused, decided no, back to the couch to regroup.